The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Man, this stinks, because it, it did. Sometimes we just have to admit, this was just really not a fun thing to walk through. <laughs> but her getting that position doesn't make me a failure. And when we start to say, uh, and when we start to move from why her to bless her and yes her, we have experienced freedom in this struggle. Best-selling author Nikki Koziarz uncovers six truths you need to hear when measuring up leaves you falling behind. Next on Life Today. and I'm here with Randy Robeson. And thanks for joining us. We don't take it for granted that, you know, you could keep flicking through channels, but you, you stop and stay with us. We're very grateful for that. And I think you'll be happy you did. There's a great book out and it's called Why Her? Six Truths We Need to Hear When Measuring Up Leaves Us Falling Behind. So would you please welcome my guest, Nikki Koziaris. Did I get that right? Yes. <laughs> So good to have you. Thank you so for having me. And I'm curious because the title of this is is why her. <laughs> Do you ladies tend to compare yourselves to each other a lot? A little bit. A little I mean, bit? Sheila's navy blue is way better than mine tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I like your navy blue. <laughs> but I think it's just one of the things we struggle with mm -hmm. in life that we tend to look at um, if somebody else is doing well or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever area of life it is. Women are just we tend to compare. Absolutely. Is that what? made you write this book, Nikki? What was the kind of genesis for you? Well, actually, in Genesis is where the story really began because, you know, since the very beginning of time, when Eve found herself standing in that garden next to that beautiful tree and that sneaky little snake slipped in and said, did God really say you're not supposed to eat that fruit? From that moment on, every woman, and probably every man too, <laughs> um, has had a did God really say mm. kind of moment. And so comparison for me became a battle to see whose truth I would ultimately align my life with, God's or mine. Mm. Um, because we have this messed up perception in our head of who God has really created us to be because we have an enemy charging against us to try to convince us otherwise. Was it hard for you to be, because you're pretty vulnerable in this book, you're pretty yes, open. Yes. And sometimes we can be selective about what we share and what right. we don't share. <laughs> was that a struggle for you at all? Oh my goodness, Sheila. So right before I turned in the book, I almost pulled the very first story in the book because um, I share about my journey of getting pregnant at the age of 19 and um, not being so welcomed into the church and in my community because of that situation. And comparison really became a heightened struggle for me in that season because I became so um, disillusioned about how God viewed me because of the way people were treating me. And so, yeah, but I mean, right before I was getting ready to send it in, I was like, I don't know that I can really do this. Can I really share this story right now? Um, because, you know, my daughter is, she's 17. So we're still living this story out. Um, and it is, but I found when I can be vulnerable and when I can invite people into the darkest places in my soul, they're willing to come with me and they'll listen to what God wants to say to them. I think that is absolutely huge because I know that there's been things in my own life that I've thought, oh, I don't, 
I'm not sure I want everybody to know that. Right. But I think anytime we offer our brokenness yes. to God, it's amazing what he will do Absolutely. with a broken life when you give him all the pieces. And I think it's a tribute to your daughter that you didn't mm -hmm. hide that part of your story. Right, right. And I asked her permission, of course. Um, but yeah, we had a conversation about it. And, you know, I said, Taylor, you know, this journey with you has really made me who I am today. And so she was very willing for me to share that part of our story. So I'm assuming, maybe wrongly, but that you viewed that uh, early unwanted pregnancy as a bit of a failure? Yes, absolutely. Did that set you up to feel like a failure in comparing yourself to everyone else who seemed to have it together, even when a lot of them didn't, you know, have <laughs> certainly have gone through other issues maybe similar to yours. Right, right. So I was 19 and when you find yourself in a situation where you're not married and you're pregnant and you're being um, very much criticized by your church and your community, yeah. um, absolutely did I stay in the posture of comparison with all these other moms and women who did it right, you know, who did the right things. And it very much... Um, it caused me to have almost a mistrust of God, unfortunately, sure. um, is what I found happening through my own story. But the more I've shared that story, the more God has brought healing to that part of my life. The very fact you're willing to share that though, Nikki, honestly, I just think of the, the girls watching, you know, who are in that position and who have been judged by the church. I always love what Dr. Billy Graham used to say. Mm -hmm. He said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. Yes. It's God's job to judge and it's our job to love. That's right. That's and right. the fact that you're willing to share that. But you tell, you use the story of Rachel and Leah yes. in the Old Testament and I love your perspective on it. Talk to us a little bit about what life was like for Leah. Mm. Well, first of all, Moses was not very kind in the way that he described Leah. Um, he was not very, like, he wasn't like, oh my goodness, this woman is so ugly, right? Like, he didn't say that. But he describes Rachel, her sister, as lovely in form and appearance, and Leah is described as having weak eyes. Now, there's all kinds of opinions about what that means, but the very first form of comparison is in the story about appearance in the Bible. I mean, mm. at mm. least, Sheila, we've got that going for us, like <laughs> our appearance isn't being compared in scripture. But it showed me very early on that Leah's struggle was much deeper than just ending up in this marriage with this guy that didn't love her. Like, can you imagine what that was like to be in her beautiful sister's shadow all those years? And yeah, and particularly the fact that the that he didn't, the guy she married didn't even realize to the wedding night when she took her veil off that he'd got the wrong one. Right, right. I mean, can you imagine that? What yeah. kind of honeymoon is that? Oh, it's yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it was Awful. a messy, a messy marriage, absolutely. And she could have really given into incredible despair and bitterness, but you point to areas where she actually stayed strong. Yes. Well, and I think what I saw through both of their stories is they kind of went on a roller coaster, like they would make peace with the situation and and they would not make peace with the situation. But then I also saw them take some things from God, like they would say things like, God vindicated me and God blessed me and um, kind of some messed up theology. And so whenever we see someone though in the scriptures saying things that maybe don't represent the character of God, it's important for us to step back and go, this is the author telling this story. Um, it's not actually who God is because God never blesses somebody to burden somebody else. Um, he doesn't give us redemption bullets to shoot into other people's life and say, look what God did through me, right? You have these six truths. Um, 
And that's why you have to get the book for yourself, because you would all time in one yeah. show to yeah. unpack them all. But truth number four, I'd love you to unpack that for us. It's you didn't do anything wrong. Mm. And you have a, a phrase in there that I stopped and underlined. What doesn't kill us still hurts. Absolutely. And Sheila, I love you are such a preacher of that message. Absolutely. Like it's time for us to stop trying to like say, oh my goodness, this was just, you know, a little bump in my life. It was a painful experience. And, you know, that truth, as I've been talking with some women about the book and just hearing their feedback, it's been the one that has brought the most freedom because we would love to blame someone or something for our failures in life or what we perceive as failures. But sometimes God just looks down from heaven and says, my girl, you didn't do anything wrong. It just is what it is. And, you know, sometimes when we're comparing our assignments to other people and we see another person get this opportunity while we didn't, we start to think, well, what did I do wrong? And what's wrong with me? And maybe it just wasn't our assignment. Yeah. And sometimes I think we just need to let God rub that inside of us. Like you didn't do anything wrong. That's just not what I had for you. How do you think social media um, compounds the way we compare ourselves. Well, it's awful. <laughs> I mean, we can't pop open our phones without comparing. You know, uh, one of my favorite authors is John Acuff, and he recently posted a quote that said, you know, when we, uh, when, when I was growing up, our moms had like the only moms on the block to compare themselves with, right? Like five neighbors, a couple moms at school, the people they worked with, that was it. But now if I pop open my phone, I have hundreds of moms to compare my life with. Um, so it's there front and center all the time. Um, and I think it has made this struggle a little more heightened than maybe we would like to admit. Yeah, just know that most of them are lying. So, yes, yes. All right. But yes. that does feed into another point of yours that, that stood out to me. And that is, you know, if we look on, on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and we see all these beautiful success stories of the children and the, their adventures and we kind of see all that. You, you say don't let someone else's successes like become your failures, right? Just right, because don't let them discourage you. Yeah, yeah discourage, right? Mm -hmm. Just because someone else does well doesn't mean that we've we failed in some sort of way. We shouldn't be discouraged when they excel. We right. should enjoy it, right? Yes. And there's always something we can learn from people ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And so I think success can do two things to us. It can either completely numb us, right? Like we just go, oh, that's never going to happen for me. I can't do that. That's not my level. Um, but then there's this posture of how did that person get to that place? Like my husband, he runs marathons. And so one of the things he does is he compares his time to like Olympic runners. Okay. The best, <laughs> wow. right? I don't do that. Do you do that? <laughs> no, I don't do that. No. Never been <laughs> well, me either. Um, but it's a good form of comparison. So not all yeah. comparison is bad. It's when it starts to compromise who God has created us to be. Yeah. You know, sometimes you talk in your book about um, a particular writing assignment. And, and when you were asked to do it, you didn't realize perhaps at the time that one or two other people were being considered. Right. But you poured your, your heart into it. You did some amazing stuff. And then you got that call saying, actually, it's not going to you. And I know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. um, and I wondered, how did you 
navigate your way out of that to a good place? Well, I'll be honest. It wasn't like instantly I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome for her, right? I definitely asked why her. Mm. Um, but there's another truth in the book that says her gain is not your loss. And through writing this message, God's really given me a kingdom perspective on what it means to do God assignments. And so I started to shift my mindset from man, this stinks, because it, it did. Sometimes we just have to admit this was just really not a fun thing to walk through. <laughs> but her getting that position doesn't make me a failure. And when we start to say, uh, and when we start to move from why her to bless her mm -hmm. and yes her, mm -hmm. we have experienced freedom in the struggle. Well, that is so true. I love that. I mean, there's something, it's a, something I make a point of doing whenever I see any of my friends releasing a new book. I absolutely consciously get down on my knees and I'm like, Lord, I pray you'll bless this book. I pray you'll open doors that mm -hmm. nobody else could open. Yeah. Because it's like when Paul says, hey, if the gospel is being preached, yeah. it doesn't matter what's through right. me or not, the message is getting, is getting out there. Right. One of the other things you have that I thought was... Um, <laughs> We're going to talk about truth here? <laughs> can, we, can we talk about truth? But truth, sure. Yeah, how important truth is? Yeah. Will you, say, will you say a word for me in your wonderful Scottish accent? <laughs> truth? Donkey. Why, where are we going to donkey in the middle of a program for? That's a great question, and, and maybe you can answer that. Oh, we're back. Oh, we're back to the donkey we're thing. Back to the donkey thing. Yes, indeed. Yes, you, you, we can't let the show go by without no. talking about this. No, this, this is, is an interesting is program, great. people. No, this is wonderful. So, so just entertain us here because this Absolutely. is wonderful. Absolutely. So, one of the other truths though in the book is that it's not always like it seems, right? Mm. And so, my mm. husband and I have a fixer-upper farm where we have uh, housed a bunch of misfit animals, and two of them are donkeys. One is named Fred, and one is named Helen. And <laughs> of course. Fred and Helen. What else do you yeah. know donkeys, right? Um, and unfortunately, when we brought Helen home, um, we were told that she was expecting. And so uh, donkeys are pregnant for 11 to 14 months, Ooh. just to expand your territory. Yes, oh, well. No wonder they're cranky. <laughs> Um, so I like to invite people into my crazy, right? So I started this whole thing on Instagram called Baby Donkey Watch 2017. Uh -huh. And, uh, like 10 months went by, 11 months went by, 12 months went by. My husband was like, I think you might want to get somebody out here to come see what's going on with Helen. So my friend Chuck came out and he's this good old country boy, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm telling Chuck about the baby donkey watch and all these people are waiting for this baby. And, and you've been doing this on social media yes, for a while, right? Like for a whole year. Is it true you felt the, the baby kick? Yes, I felt the baby move, mm -hmm. everything. Um, she was getting wider and wider. I mean, well, every yeah. month. As as they will do. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, Chuck starts walking around Helen and he's checking her out and he's listening to me just go on and on. He goes, ma'am, I'm so sorry, but that there donkey is not pregnant. She is just fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, many a time people have made the similar comment about no, me. Sure this woman is not, not pregnant. He thought she just fat. So Helen just had a hearty appetite. Yes. She just was eating too much at our farm. And so, no baby. So what did you say on social media? Well, you know, I just tried to make light of it. I was like, ha ha, first generation farmer here. Don't know anything about anything. Um, and people were very gracious. Um, but maybe one day we will have a baby donkey on the farm. Mm -hmm. but, but you got something out of that. You got a point in your book. I did. It was a really good point, yes. <laughs> you, you talk in the book about one thing that I found really interesting. You talk about 
not being offended by God. Mm. And it made me think of the story of John the Baptist when he's in prison and he sends his disciples to Jesus saying, are you the one? Yes. Or should we expect another? Christ sends back this unusual message, tell John what you see and hear. But then there's this little thing tagged on to the end and blessed is he who is not offended by me. Mm. You know, will you love a God you don't always understand? Right. When he doesn't always operate the way you think right. he will. And that's something you've included in, in your book. Mm -hmm. Yes, being offended is actually a condition we choose. It's not something God places on us. And so when we can get to this place where even when, when God doesn't do what we have prayed and believed, like we saw uh, Rachel and Leah multiple times, we saw their disappointment come through and disappointment in life is inevitable. It's coming. It has come for all of us, but it's what we do because God doesn't want us to settle in that place of being offended by our circumstances. He wants us to shift to a place of praising him through the process of it. Yeah, my pastor likes to say that people will give offense, but you have the decision whether or not to take it. That's good. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a chance, do you go out and speak a lot or do you do most of your work through writing? I do. I, I'm out probably um, at least two or three times a month. Yeah, so uh, doing a lot of traveling right now. So, so grateful to have a supportive husband mm -hmm. who's running um, the, farm the farm and the, the many animals and also the children. We do have children. Birthing too, so. lots of donkeys. <laughs> yes. Cutting, back on, <laughs> cutting yes. back on Helen's meals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right, yes. Right. <laughs> After this whole project, you know, sometimes when you finish a book, like I just finished a book and sent in the finished manuscript. How do you think you have been impacted by your own message? What do you think the greatest thing from writing this book has been in your own life? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. And you know, just yesterday, I actually was having a little why her meltdown. Um, and I wasn't <laughs> comparing myself to somebody else. I was actually comparing myself to myself, mm -hmm. um, just That's from some point. past experiences. Yeah. So um, pulling out these truths, I've had to pull them out at least once a day, especially <laughs> through this book release and, and teaching the word of God through the story of Rachel and Leah. Um, it is, it's really shifted my perspective inside of me mm -hmm. and it's really helped me to stop asking that question, mm. why her? Mm. Yeah, no, that's great. I think people should get the book, and I think we've got a good way to offer it to them. We do. Um, this will really help you, but one of the things that we love to be able to help you, and then we're grateful, so grateful when you help us help others. There's a situation going on right now in Africa where it's pretty desperate and we really have some, we have some boots in the ground, but we need to do something and we need to do it quickly. So I wondered, would you watch this with me? What you're seeing here is a result of the terrible drought. They have not seen enough rains, their crops have failed, and this village is in desperate need. They have about two weeks worth of supplies, if they're lucky. And this is just an example of many villages in this area. It really breaks God's heart to see these people suffering like this. This is Maria. Maria is a mother of six children, but only three of them are still on this earth. You might be able to tell all around me that the crops this year have completely failed so she's not able to feed them with anything she has. She literally has to dig around to see if she can find some roots, anything to be able to feed her children. I can't imagine what it must be like for a mom to have to bury three children. And not only that, but to have to watch three children die because of malnutrition. This is her boy. She only has one boy left. He's 12 years old. And she said to me, I'm so worried about him because he's getting so thin. 
and he has a cough, and I see the signs. <coughs> see, that's the hard thing. She said when she went to, went to bed at night, her prayer is, God, will you please show me what to do? Or would you send somebody to help me? And I was able to tell her, God heard your prayer, and that's why we're here. That's what this is all about. Mission feeding is all about an urgent need right now for families who go to sleep hungry at night, but still believing in a God who answers prayer. We can be the answer to that prayer for this young mom. That's so tough. That's so, so difficult. Sheila, what's going through your mind when you're sitting there with that mother? Honestly, what's going through my mind is that it could be me in her place. So often we think that what happens to mothers over in other countries, well, they get used to that. No mother gets used to bearing a child. I will never forget what it was like to walk to where some of these um, children were buried, just little grave after little grave after little grave. But you know what did surprise me, what I didn't expect? I didn't expect to still see such faith. You know, some of these moms, even though they've had to bury their children, that, that lovely mom that I sat with and who shared her three children with me, she said that every night she still prays to God, mm. that she still believes that even though she's had to bury three, that God is still good, that God still cares, that God is still kind. And so she prays, God, will you please send someone to help? And that's the amazing thing, you and I get to do that. If that family moved in next door to you, you would be on it like that. You would invite them all over, you would spread a meal, you'd do everything you could to make sure that they went to bed with a full tummy. And that's the amazing thing. Through this ministry, through Life Today and through television, we can bring that family and we can put them right beside you and say, here's a mom and three children, one boy. I watched her watch her precious boy as he got up and walked away after the interview, a little shaky. I could see it in her eyes. But here's the thing, this is not a, a situation where nothing can be done. Do you know that through our mission feeding, the bowls of food that we give to these children, the first bowl of food literally begins the transformation from death to life, and we can do this. And Randy, we have a program in place right now. It's our prayer that this year, we will continue to feed 400,000 children. That's a lot of children, but it we is. can do it. We can do it when you partner with us. It's as simple as a gift of 30, 50, or $100, which will help feed three, five, or 10 children for many months. A lot of you can do much more than that. I, I just ask that you would stop for a moment and just say, Lord, what would you have me do? And then pick up the phone or go to the website and give whatever God puts on your heart. We do have some spiritual growth materials that we'd like to send to you to help you just connect and grow spiritually. So we care about you. We care about you spiritually. And we care about all these other people physically who need some nourishment. So join with us. We really can transform people's lives. We can save people's lives. Would you please join with us? Go to the phone. Go online, make the best gift you can. In impoverished and drought-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face severe malnutrition, even death. With your support, Life's Mission Feeding Outreach can save lives by feeding and caring for children in the hardest-hit areas of Angola, Mozambique, and South Sudan. 
With previous reserves gone and mission feeding helping in areas with severe crop failure, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for three full months. And with your gift of any amount, we'll send you Proverbs Power, Successful Communication. This powerful CD series, along with study guide featuring Stephen K. Scott, unveils the secrets to incredible wisdom found only in the book of Proverbs. This series will give you the tools to transform your relationships in life. With your gift of $100 or more, request the complete Proverbs Power Library, featuring five power-packed sessions that include the power of vision, breaking through mediocrity, and much more. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request the Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. You know, my heart is just broken sitting here in this cemetery surrounded by graves that are each and every one of them, graves for children. Little lives that have been stolen by malnutrition, children who've starved to death because they didn't have enough food. Mothers whose hearts are broken, devastated at the loss of their child. It, it, it truly breaks my heart. But you know what breaks my heart even more is the fact that we could have avoided this. We could have changed this. We could have stopped these graves from being filled with these little lives. We could have saved these children if we'd just been able to act in time, if we'd just been able to get to their village, take mission feeding and give them a bowl of food a day. I need your help today. I need you to help me to ensure that the next grave doesn't get filled with another child who died for no good reason. Please give a gift of life today. Give the gift of mission feeding. If you can give 30, 50, or $100, you can save three, five, or 10 children. 10 children's lives that are relying on you. 10 mothers that are saying, please, please give that gift today. Please give the gift of mission feeding. Thank you so much. Please keep calling. We can make a difference in Jesus' name. And for any gift at all, we'll be glad to send you Nikki's book. Um, and I just want to thank you so much for being our guest. And tell Helen we send our love. Okay. Thank you. you for having me. Don't let anybody body shame her <laughs> at all in any way. <laughs> but it's been awesome having you with us. Thank Will you, you thank Nikki, please? So good. So good. We thank all of you for being with us today on Live Today. Join us every day, right here. God bless you. Thanks for being with us.
regardless of your net worth, estate planning benefits you and your family before and after death and results in peace of mind. As a free service to our friends and partners, Life Planning Services, a ministry of Life Outreach International, can help with your estate planning needs and chart your financial future. Don't put off this important step to peace of mind through better planning. Contact Life Planning Services today. You can't really love someone without telling them the truth, and you can't tell them the truth without loving them. Nick Vujicic, tomorrow on Life Today. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.